0: hi thanks for joining us today for mc podcast episode 17. my co-host today is kevin coon ceo of masters choice and kevin and i had a really frank long discussion today about the organic market the differences between conventional non-gmo and organic farming and just kind of where we saw that market going in the future hope that you enjoyed today's podcast Hi, and welcome to MC Podcast, episode number 17. Today in studio, my co-host is Masters Choice CEO, Kevin Kuhn. Kevin, welcome. Good afternoon, Mark. Uh, So give us a little quick update on things going on here at MC, just kind of... You know, what you're seeing, what's going on, just how, how things are progressing.
1: So everything's going really well. Um, we, uh, you know, from uh, an R&D side, which is where I've largely been focused here lately, we uh, we finally have all the corn in the ground. Um, so we've been, been running around, made a trip to Wisconsin last week uh, to get a plot in that we've made three trips up there to finally get a, a dry enough week to plant it. But uh, that, that is all done. Uh, we're, uh, we are working towards the, uh, the upcoming selling season and, uh, dealer training coming up this fall. Okay. So lots and lots of work going into prep for, uh, for summer training.
0: Good. Good. No, I, I think from, from my perspective and other people's, I think things are going really well here at, uh, MC we're, we're up in sales this year. We've had, we had a nice little sales growth. And, um, so we're looking, looking forward to seeing what's, uh, what's coming. So. Uh, anyway, so you're here today, and we are going to talk about uh, or the organic market, right. kind of M- MC's position in organics, kind of the differences between uh, you know organic and conventional farming, and then organic and non-GMO that I think sometimes uh, get all all lumped together there. So uh, you know, as you have as you've you know taking kind of the reins here at the company and. And been out and about and seen. what kind of trends are you seeing in the in the organic market?
1: You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we're we're seeing the organic market grow uh, pretty considerably, um, and when we look at it from Master's Choice perspective, uh, every year um, our uh, our organic units are are climbing. Uh, we we're still trying to find where the ceiling is on some of that stuff. Sure. Uh, we made a big expansion here in the last couple of years to our lineup. Uh, basically we're able to offer um, a wider uh, selection of relative maturity and and genetic uh, options than we ever have been able to um, and this year you know with the exception of a, a couple of hybrids we pretty much sold out of everything in the first first uh, couple of months of sales you know so uh, we're, we're still trying to find where the saturation point is at for some of that um went back with with even heavier uh for production this year so growing more organic seed than we ever have yeah. um you know the the organic marketplace as a whole is also growing um you know i'm not sure if it's growing at the same pace we are or not uh, I, i've been having a uh, kind of having trouble getting a good read on that you know we're seeing we're seeing in the media we're seeing a lot of other markets grow the the non-gmo verified mm-hmm. push yes. is really yes. uh really taken a lot of steam um, and and it's going to be interesting as things progress to see how the two of those kind of compete for some of the same market share yeah
0: and we and we talked uh, I don't know if it was you and I but I maybe it was Scott and I that were talking uh, a few weeks back about you know the study out of University of Illinois that that ranked kind of the the top seven or eight uh, labels that, that people want to see and, and what people thought was important and what was really interesting is at the bottom of that you know certified organic was was actually number 7 you know behind you know non gmo nor no antibiotics no growth hormones but i i would agree with you i think that, that that market is growing and from all from all indications is you know in 2016 there were there, there were you know like 4.1 million acres in the us that were certified organic but i would i would say this it's kind of hard to get a read on 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 where those those what those acres represent? Do they right. represent pasture land and hay? Do they represent corn, corn silage, and those kinds of things?
1: Right. Yeah. And 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 that's absolutely the case. And you know we see we see that non-GMO label really trending uh, very strongly, um, and as a result, in the average consumer's mind, that that organic term has kind of slipped slipped behind. I think a little bit, but I think that. Uh, I think what we're going to see happening at a consumer level is I think you'll start to see the organic uh, integrators taking advantage of some of what's going on with non-GMO market, and they'll start utilizing some of the same terminology, uh, putting some of those same labels on there, uh, because, you know, the the simple fact of it is most consumers don't understand the difference between conventional, organic, uh, and non-GMO, and that there, you know, there are Different, totally different systems there, and different products. Okay,
0: so let's get into that just for a little bit. Yeah. What What are the differences between between organic and and I and I kind of think about it in this progression: organic. Non-GMO and then what we would call conventional farming. So, what are some of the major differences in those arenas? Okay,
1: so let's let's start. Let's kind of start on the opposite end of okay. the
0: spectrum, and we'll back into organics. Sure.
1: So, if we talk about a conventional farming system, in a conventional farming system, uh, an operation is able to use just talking agronomically here, we're able to utilize uh, common herbicides, fungicides, pesticides. Uh, any of those normal things, you know, here in Southern Illinois, um, there there are no organic acres. All these uh, row crop guys that we see, um, they can use uh, genetically modified traits. Um, any of those, any of those industry leading type resources are basically available to uh, to what we would call a conventional conventional
0: farmer. And and they and they represent a majority of what we see as farmers today, correct?
1: Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, the majority of the acres in the United States uh, are under conventional farming practices, and most of those are utilizing GMO traits in those as
0: well. Okay. All right. So that's that's kind of the snapshot of the conventional. Now, what, what about the non-GMO?
1: All right. Now, we're, when we step into the non-GMO realm, um, so basically— um, the only thing that change if we're talking non-GMO is the fact that the seed that I put into my operation has to be uh, non-GMO seed. Now I can still use uh, chemicals. I can still use, uh, you know, whether that be herbicides or fungicides. Now, if I'm using a non-GMO corn, um, that corn or soybean or whatever it is is not going to have a herbicide trait integrated into it, you know. So I'm going to have to use um, I'm going to have to use products that are uh, approved for non-GMO corn, non-GMO soybeans. Uh, but you know, most of the guys who are under a conventional system that are using GMOs are using the same chemicals. Uh, they're just also utilizing a gl- uh, glyphosate or glufosinate as a broad spectrum herbicide to clean the fields up. Um, you know, so, so basically there is no, no major difference in the system between conventional and non-GMO other than the fact that the non-GMO guys required to use non-GMO
0: seed, non-GMO seed. And, and so, in fact, I think that some, sometimes there's a misconception that non-GMO people don't use Roundup. Well, that's, that's not the, that's not the truth sure. or, or, uh, you know, glyphosate, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they still use that. They can still use it. They spray it on their field as a burn down. They just can't spray it on those plants that they have planted. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and glyphosate is still a part of most most everybody's burn down practice. Yeah, um, you know it's a it's an affordable broad spectrum herbicide they can go out there with and uh, you know and and get a, a good cleanup, a good fresh start before they go into the the field and you know and and that's really critical for guys that are growing non GMO crops to start with a clean field. Um, you know, yep. if we're going to be able to control the weeds throughout the growing season, we got to get a jump on on them
0: early. And, and weed control in beans is probably more critical more important and more of a a hassle uh, with non-GMO beans than it is with non-GMO corn. Absolutely. Uh, You
1: know, with corn, you have the luxury of, you know, knowing that I've only really got to control those weeds for the first few weeks. Then that corn is going to come on and it's going to basically shade out the rows. Um, And sunlight is going to be so limited that as long as I keep my weeds uh, held back until that row shading takes place, uh, I'm pretty much clean throughout the rest of the season. Now with beans, I've got sunlight getting to the ground all through the growing season, yeah. so I really have to stay on top of it.
0: Okay. So with with what we're we would label conventional farming, it's GM seed it's pesticides, herbicides, all kinds of, you know, fungicides. You know, they can do that. They they harvest it, the you know, with with combines. It's it's you know, it's all taken care of with um, <clears throat> with with non-GMO. Same same farming practice. Correct. Okay. All we're doing is changing some of the chemicals, and um, and then the seed is is non-GMO. Not genetically modified.
1: Correct. Okay, correct.
0: So so really, the systems look very much so the same. it's It's basically chemical type and timing. Now with organic we're talking kind of a whole different little ball game there
1: yeah so this is where things change totally and you know as we talked about so in the eyes of the consumer, when I walk down the, the grocery store aisle I see non-GMO I see organic, a lot of consumers think oh well these are these are grown in the same manner and they're totally different yeah. So an organic system doesn't utilize any of those uh, seed treatments, any of those herbicides, any any of those chemicals whatsoever. So any any product going into an organic system has to be a certified organic product. Okay. Uh, USDA has very strict guidelines on what products are can be approved, um, and you know those are all going to be naturally naturally based products. Okay. Um, you know so uh, basically what that does is if I'm an organic producer, that really limits what my inputs can be. Um, you know there are a lot of good sources of organic products out there. Um, but I have to completely shift my mindset. Uh, My management has to be completely different. Um, You know, we talked about, you know, uh, for example, we got into non gmo beans there for a minute and talked about, you know, I really got to stay ahead of it. Well, if I'm on an organic system, I don't have any herbicides at all. So, you know, I control weeds with cultivation, uh, with uh, crop rotations, things like that. So my, my management has to be Uh, if I'm going to grow good, uh, high yielding quality organic products, my management has to be perfect. Intensive. Yes, very much. So, so it, it, it's much more labor intensive than, than what we're doing with the conventional or non GMO system. Um, and that is why when we see organic products on the store shelves, we usually see a higher price tag because there is a lot more labor that goes into producing those crops, uh, whether it's uh, cultivation or, or whatever, whatever it is. You know, I, I don't have the luxury of, of going out and spraying a herbicide and then coming back and no-tilling and making one pass across the field. It's right. multiple passes across the field to even get the field prepped. Get started planting, and then as soon as it crops up, I'm coming back and I'm cultivating again to make sure that the weeds don't get
0: ahead of me. Yeah, exactly. And and the fertilizers are different. You know, right. we didn't even talk about fertilizers for non-GMO and conventional, but you know, they they can utilize synthetic type fertilizers, whereas the um, the organic guy has to use has to utilize a natural type type fertilizer.
1: Right, and there are there are a lot of options there. Um, you know, we see, a, especially a lot of master's choice growers, we're utilizing a lot of composted manure. Okay. Um, you know, so a lot of waste coming out of, uh, either, either a dairy barn or a, out of a pig barn or even poultry barn. So we get, we get a lot of, uh, N, P and K coming from some of those sources. Um, a lot of the commercial organic fertilizers you see out there will be based, um, uh, like, a, on a, a fish based fertilizer. Right. Um, so that's, that's, uh, fish is one of the best sources for nitrogen, um that that uh, you can utilize that's certified organic um uh, but you know th- there are a number of a number of sources out there but you know uh got to think totally outside the box compared to conventional
0: farming so you know we we saw these record number of of, of acres in 2016 you know there's almost like 15,000 certified organic farms in the US um so, uh, also as I was reading, I was it was kind of interesting that um, you know, we we deal a lot in the in the dairy market and, and livestock, um, and so when I think about when I think a lot about organic and non-GMO, I, I think a lot about New York, Vermont, Pennsylvania, those kinds of areas. But really, uh, statistics show us that the top five organic states are like California, Montana. Wisconsin of course New York but but North Dakota and and so it's just really kind of interesting to me that, that there we have this kind of we have we have a lot of, of Western one one Midwest and, a, and an Eastern type uh, or Eastern states that are um, that, that are that are the top five, or organic and cropland. and I would assume, okay, this is this is just me assuming that for California, it would probably be a lot of the vegetables.
1: Right, I, I think you're correct. You know, because when we look at uh, at dairy farms, most of the large dairy farms that we have the opportunity to work with in California, uh, they're all you know, on conventional systems. Yeah, um, yeah so I, so I think you're right there, and you know, and that and that just goes to show you when you look at that broad geographical spread, it shows that you know. Uh, organic is not just limited to beef and dairy production, and you know things that we really think about here at Master's Choice, but it's everything. You know, yep. it's it's produce, it's your fruit. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, what's going on in Montana. I'd be willing to bet there's some pasture, uh, some pasture cattle involved in some of that. You know, so you yep. you know you can get organic certification on on pasture ground, and and then you you move into some organic grass fed operations. So, you know, there there are all types of organic operations out there. Um, and that stems from just demand for a uh, variety of organic products on the shelves.
0: So, do you think that, uh, just kind of your opinion? So, this is opinion, no no facts, or, you know, won't, won't well, I'll hold you to it. I don't know about our listeners. But anyway, um, do, do you think that organic is a fad, or do you think it's here to stay?
1: You know, I really think that organic is going to stick around. Um, you know, the, the, the only thing that, that we have seen, um, Kind of threaten some of that market share is this is this non-GMO push, um, and I think the 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 biggest reason in the long run that we will see it threaten non or threaten organic markets is because I can produce non-GMO products so much cheaper than I can organics because yeah. we talked about the difference in the systems. Yeah. Um, now, you know it. The important thing for consumers is for uh, consumers need to decide. What is important to them? Is it important for me to buy products that are not grown with pesticides, with herbicides? You know, is that important to me, or is it just the fact that there are GMO seeds used in the process? Right. You know, and um, you know that really, you know, so much of what's going on in the ag industry is hinging on what is this consumer opinion going to be, and how are, how are consumers going to make their decisions? You know, and and until uh, until somebody comes along that that is able to educate uh, on both ends of the spectrum, from the growers all the way out to the consumers, Uh, we're going to have a hard time telling them, you know, where this marketplace is going to go. So we're going to see things fluctuate, but I really think organics are here to stay. Um, You know, and um, when living in in kind of uh, the southern part of the Midwest, uh, we don't have the opportunity to see a lot of organic operations here. Uh, but working with Master's Choice, uh, like you said, going into Wisconsin, New York, some of those places, you know, we see some, um, we see some incredible organic operations, you know, and so much of the, the mindset out there uh, for a lot of guys is that, well, you know, if I'm growing organics, I'm going to have to sacrifice yield, I'm going to have to sacrifice quality, you know, and you know, some of the best yielding and, and best feeding corn silage and, uh, you know, even grain corn, that we see around the country comes off of organic operations, right?
0: Right, and you know, and so that kind of alludes to this question. You know, as a looking at these things nutritionally, a lot of people ask me, "Do you see any difference of them?" Well, <clears throat> no, I, I don't. I, I I don't really see any difference. What I do see is that a guy who is who is a good conventional farmer who is working with soil health who is taking care of things and managing things well, has really good, high-quality, great-feeding corn silage. The same way with the organic guy. The organic guy who is really taking care of things and really managing things well. uh, You know, he has the same yield and, and excellent quality. But the same is true. Also, the conventional guy who has all of the herbicides and pesticides and in the the latest GM seeds and all of those things, if he is a poor manager and doesn't time his harvest right and doesn't do these things, poor quality corn silage. Right. Same way with the with the organic guy who doesn't take care of things, who gets who lets the weeds get ahead of him, who you know poor quality corn silage. So so there's to me there there is. I, you know, I have seen great yields, great quality off organic, but I've also seen great yields, great quality off of, uh, you know, a conventional farm where there, where I really don't see, you know, when I'm looking at feed samples, there's, there's really no, no, no difference there. And so, so as we, as we talk about that and kind of through that, you know, where, where does, where does master's choice, where, where do we sit in that organic marketplace and, and kind of what, where, where are we in that?
1: You know, so if we're looking at where Master's Choice is at in the mix, um, you know, um, I I don't know how many units of certified organic seed corn there are out there in the marketplace, but, you know, I got to believe that we are one of the top two or three players out there. Right. Uh, You know, uh, I I think Blue River is probably the biggest, uh, biggest company across the board for organics, Um, but we, uh, you know, we run pretty close, I think, to them in, in organic market share um and you know like i said you know that that kind of keeps growing exponentially um you know uh the, those numbers are are increasing very rapidly
0: so so as far as master's choice is concerned you know kind of where we play in that market um you know kind of where where do we sit you know where where are our sales at for for organic and non-gmo
1: so when we look at our total breakdown I think probably close to seventy percent of the seed we sell is falls under that that big umbrella of non-gmo and organic okay. uh, probably 10 to fifteen percent probably is certified organic uh, you know and and we've got We've got options even in between, you know. So, uh, you know, there there's some there's some seed in there that's non-GMO that that uh, basically goes out without seed treatment on it or gets our MicroMaster Certified Organic on there. So, right. you know, but uh, the the vast majority of the the seed going out in a Master's Choice bag
0: is going to be without GM traits. Without GM traits, <clears throat> and and you know, to, just to kind of reiterate, we you know, it's hard to get a handle on all these numbers. Uh, but from all indication, you know we, we're at a, we're at a pretty good place in in the market, as far as number two, number three.
1: Yeah, and, I, I think you're right. You know, I, I think we're one of the like I say, I think we're one of the top two or three players for certified organic seed corn in the industry. So,
0: so let's think about. So I, I want you to explain. Uh, you know, coming from R and D, coming from kind of uh, you know the CEO role and just kind of kind of a big picture here. When when we talk about Organic seed or organic seed production. This is this is seed. The seed that is in an organic bag has been produced organically. What are the challenges with that?
1: So uh, th- that's correct, and you know, and and that's that's why we see. You know, we look at a price sheet. We see differences in price between, uh, you know, GM products, and we also see a different big difference in price between a non-GMO. Uh, and a certified organic, and that's because uh, you know we talked about earlier. We talked about there being a totally different system between conventional farming uh, and organic. And You know, same goes for seed production. So what happens is we utilize uh, we utilize untreated seed stock, okay. um, and that that seed stock will go into uh, into seed corn production that is certified organic ground. So the same. Same type of certification that any of these end users will be using on their, their farms, same thing goes on those on those seed acres. Uh, and when we, we're talking about seed corn production, you know, there are a lot of unique challenges that come with growing seed corn versus uh, a standard corn crop. Um, you know, yields are much lower than uh, than what we see out of traditional corn when we're talking about corn inbreds. Um, you know, so... The, the cost per acre uh, is already higher when we're looking at seed corn production. Then you add onto that, the additional labor, the additional expense that goes into producing uh, an organic crop. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, there's a significantly more cost um, and increased labor that goes into producing certified organic seed.
0: So, you know, we, we talked about that, you know, here are these uh, conventional farms, they have all the herbicides, pesticides, they have everything at their disposal. The organic guy is more intense, and he doesn't get to use all of those things, and still has to manage his crop to where he can get a yield. And so, in in seed production, that's even that's even kind of more elevated. You know, I mean, right. you've got you've got weaker parent plants. You you know you call them inbreds, weaker parent plants, and you've got to keep the weeds out of them. You got to keep the bugs out of them. You know, and, and they're going to yield less anyway. You know, a seed field's not going to yield as much as as uh, you know farmer brown's field where he puts out a hybrid you know and so so there those things are those things are are tough in themselves and then being able to find guys who will grow organic you know a farm that is certified organic that will grow seed
1: right cuz let's be honest if i'm a if i'm a farm owner and i have certified organic acres i got a lot of options yeah you know i i can grow a lot of different certified organic crops so i'm going to go after which ones going to be the most profitable for me and then you add on to that, you have multiple seed companies that are are vying for these these limited number of growers out there, you know, so uh you know the, the price price gets uh uh gets up there on some of the organic products. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and for for a, you know kind of a myriad of reasons. So we, we talked a little bit uh about you know this organic market. We talked kind of about where masters choice lies in there. Do do we have do we have a you know a, a, a non-GMO organic stance, so to speak.
1: So for us, for for a stance, you know, when we talk about uh, we talk about GM traits, um, you know that that's a that's a big buzz in the industry uh, and a big buzz with consumers, um, you know and and we service you know our goal is to service livestock producers and we right. want to give them the best possible products and you you talked earlier about how we see great quality feed from conventional guys using gm traits conventional guys using non-gmo seed and then from organic you know we want to be able to offer the best products for all of those growers and you know we we see the gm trait as a tool for the toolbox um, you know, there are there are some locations and some operations that feel like they have got to have that GM trait uh, to be able to make enough feed to feed their their livestock. And we yeah. want to be able to provide that for them. Um, and then we have guys, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, an organic operation uh, that know that they can grow a, a good quality crop, uh, certified organic and on top of that cash in on a premium. And we want to be able to, we want to be able to fill that need as well. You know, so, so the GM traits are there in the lineup for growers who feel like they need them. Um, But, you know, Master's Choice lineup is not going to be like the industry standard where the elite genetics are going to be only feature with traits. They're going to be only, you know, when you flip open our hybrid guide, uh, most of our cornerstone hybrids are available in multiple options from certified organic to non-GMO, you know, even some of them up to Easy Refuge. Um, you know, and that's that's really our goal is to have the best genetic lines we can offer, um, and then then basically get those those leading genetics on as many farms as, as we can come up with. And you know, Mark, you do you do a lot of the, you know, help us with a lot of genetic selection on the nutrition yeah. side. You know, so really that's, that's the goal is, you know, we want to circle, we want to draw a circle around. These are the best genetics that we can possibly produce. Definitely. And now let's figure out how do we get these on all these,
0: these on a, operations. On all these different operations we are going to need different things. Right. Yeah. And so, so I think what I hear you saying is, is that we are not anti-GMO, you know, GMO. We are not, not pro organic or, or even the other way around you know we just want to provide the best seed for the guys who need it
1: right we we are we are seed corn people and we are livestock people
0: yes you know exactly. and we
1: want to we want to provide the best products for our customers
0: absolutely that's exactly so if a guy so so let's say the guy says you know i mean whether it's whether it's one of those things where he it's a conviction that he thinks oh wow you know i need i need to go i need to go organic or whether it is you know man you know, corn is three dollars a bushel. Conventional corn is three dollars a bushel, and milk is fifteen. If I could go to organic, I could I could make this a little bit more profitable. What kind of what kind of steps does he need to take to be able to uh, to to get to a, a to become an organic operation?
1: So the the first step that you're going to have to take uh, if you want to convert your your acreage over to certified organic, um, you know, first of all, there's a there's a three year window uh, prior to prior to being certified organic that you you cannot utilize any any products that are not certified organic so you know we talked before that's you know herbicides pesticides seed treatments uh fertility any of that stuff that's synthetic uh that is not uh certified organic cannot be used in those acres for three years okay um so it's kind
0: of a transition period it
1: it is it's a it's a three-year transition period um and you know Right out of the gate, you're going to you're going to need to get with uh, USDA. Basically, runs the the organic programs in the U.S. Um, and you're going to need to basically get with your local certifier. Okay. Now that that uh, that certifier is going to be your your best ally, your best friend. Um, and it's important that you select uh, a, the certifier that you want to continue to work with. Okay. Uh, those certifiers are going to work with you year in and year out to help you get your crop certified to make sure that. Uh, that you're doing everything up to par to ensure that all that work that you're putting into your operation is going to keep you in that certified organic program. Okay. Because if, if, I'm a, if I'm an organic uh, operation and, uh, and I do this for four or five years and all of a sudden we make a mistake and we utilize something that, that is not certified organic, uh, if we're not careful, we can get ourselves kicked out of the, the yep. organic program, and then it's another three-year cycle to get back in. So you know, make sure that you select the certifier and certifying agency uh, that that has your best interest in mind, that wants to work closely with you. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be your best ally.
0: Good, good. And so so they they go th- they they find this certifier, they they do that, they start this this transition period, and then and then this certifier just doesn't show up and say, oh. Okay, you want to go organic? That sounds great. Let's let you do that. I mean, there's there's inspections involved. Right. There is there is an application process involved. I mean, it's a it's a pretty tedious kind of thing, right?
1: Right, there is. Um, yeah, and and you know, that's gonna require that you keep track of your paperwork. You know, what what seed did you buy? Um, you know, was that was that certified organic seed? What fertility you're using, is that certified organic? You know, so so record keeping becomes uh, increasingly important when you go to an, uh, an organic system, but, you know, that's going to be part of that certifier's routine. Uh, we go through the same thing in uh, in seed corn production, um, you know, even with our conditioning facility where we work with an organic certifying agency. They come in annually, do an inspection, check our paperwork, uh, look at the units coming in, going out, um, look at, uh, you know, we've got a certified organic seed treatment. They work closely with us, making sure that everything's up to par there, um, you know, so, so a lot of the same steps that we're going through are the same step the gr- steps that growers right. are going going through because it all falls under those same USDA guidelines. Yep,
0: and so and so we have to have that so that the guy who who is going organic can come back can give that paperwork to his certifier and say, okay, I got somebody certified this seed. You know, there was an agency that certified this seed, and now I got it. And there's there's a paper trail all the way through that from from our grower to us to processing to. To the uh, to the farmer, you know, e- even to the distributor and all of that. There's there's all kinds of things that have to do with that. So, um, you know, Kevin, I know that you've been you've been working really hard with uh, with this with the non-GMO ver- verified stuff. And you know, I you know, we talked that you got conventional farming, you've got you've got you know non-GMO farming, and those systems are very much so the same where but the organic system is is completely different. So just just talk with us just for a minute about the process that we have to go through to to make sure that even even for the organic guy that that that, that seed is non-GMO, right? So we can you know, we think about organics as a system, you know, okay, that's that is that, but but when you're talking about non-GMO seed, that's not a system. That's a, that's a, that's a whole other kind of little process there.
1: Right. So when we, when we talk about non-GMO, and, and the term non-GMO um, kind of gets used um, in, in some different context. Okay. okay? So, so non-GMO uh, can mean just the fact that you know, no, no, um, no GM products were used in the production of the seed. Okay, so when we, when we produce a, uh, a non-GMO crop, that just means that we, we took two parents out there that did not had never had traits integrated in them. Uh, they were just the, the straight uh, genetic lines, and we went out there and we made a cross. Um, now, um, with th- what's going on now with the non-GMO verified project and that, that kind of non-GMO movement is that there are now some standards being placed okay. for some of those growers on how much uh, genetically modified contamination is allowed in those units, okay. um, and we talked before how um, almost you know probably ninety percent of the acres in the country right now um, are using some kind of a GM trait. Well, with all that GM, uh, all that GM material out there, there's a lot of GM corn pollen flying in right. the air during the summer in the Midwest. Um, so what happens is there is very little. Uh, very little production out there that is completely uh, GM pure. It's almost uh, you know almost unheard of in the seed corn industry to have something that is that is uh, on a PCR test will give you
0: all zeros. Now PCR test is.
1: PCR test is just a DNA test that allows us to check for the presence of any GMO okay. traits in the seed. Okay. Um, so the the standard right now that non-GMO verified project has out there, um, is that uh, anything uh, for li- animal livestock feed, any of that seed has to be below a 0.9% contamination okay. rate, which is extremely low. I mean, that's, that's, that's very, very clean. Um, you know. So, so they are the first group to really put a target on what is non-GMO going to mean. Okay. Um, because prior to this, there have been no standards really in the industry for what's, a, what's an allowable tolerance level. Um, you know, there, there, is, there is no legal standard out there by the USDA or any other agencies on, you know, what's, uh, what's in contamination level that, that, that is going to be allowable. Right. Um, you know, and this, this thing's really in its infancy. It's just getting started. Uh, we've been working with uh, some certifying agencies to get some of our material prepped and ready for growers to go into the ground uh, so they can have some non-GMO verified seed that are below those thresholds um but you know that that is really kind of changing the way some of this uh, non GMO stuff is is produced and handled in the country
0: and for us you know i mean I, I don't want to put a negative connotation on it but it's a headache
1: it is it you know it it adds a it adds a a, a lot of labor um you know so we're running additional tests uh, that are an added expense um and the, and the logistics that go along with it um you know can can really be a nightmare um, trying to trying to get specific lots of seed, um, all the way through the chain to the right customer creates uh, some unique uh, headaches for sure. Oh,
0: definitely, definitely. And and you know, for us, for us as as a seed corn producer, we we want to be able to give that guy what he needs to be able to make his farm successful and profitable. And you know, I mean, but th- those things come with with added layers and they come with with more work and they come with added money and they, they come with, uh, you know, headache sounds negative, but they, but they do, they come, they come with more of those, with those kinds of things. Do you see, do you see the non GMO movement hanging in there? I mean, we talked about the organic movement. Do, do you see the non GMO movement hanging in there?
1: Um, you know, I think it will. Um, and, and like we talked about before, uh, Basically, it's the it's same conventional growing system. Um, you know, and we've, got, we've had growers, you know, I, I've been here at Master's Choice for six years, but, you know, since this company was started, um, most of the growers have been growing non-GMO, non-GMO yeah. crops. Um, there just wasn't anybody around to put a label on that and say, hey, this is a non-GMO product when it got to the grocery store. Right. Um, so we're just now entering a time where, uh, where a lot of these companies are beginning to, to market that. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's all the buzz right now, but, you know, I, I think it's going to stick around because, uh, it, it works well for the growers. Um, it, it, fits a lot of, a lot of guys system, you know, um, and, and, and when we look at, when we look at, you know, 90% of the guys being under a conventional system. So a guy that's using GM traits and you under a conventional system, he's probably never going to convert to certified organic, right? You know, that, that transition is too extreme from the way he knows how to do business, But if I, you know, um, but to change to a non-GMO crop, you know, that's not a huge transition. Right. You know, I've got to think about timeliness of sprays and the way I make a few of my management decisions, Uh, but it's not a complete uh, opposite of what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, so, so... it presents an opportunity, I think, for a lot of a lot of growers to transition into something that is desirable in
0: the marketplace, and I think I think that's going to create a lot of sustainability. I would I think I would agree with you, and I, and I think that it, it kind of makes sense that way. So Kevin, I appreciate you coming in, sitting down with me today. I, I know that uh, as CEO and and kind of head of uh, uh, research and development, you know you wear different hats and you've got lots of jobs, and uh, and so you're pretty busy. But I appreciate you taking time coming in, kind of walking through some of this with us. And so listeners, I appreciate you. appreciate you tuning in. Uh, remember always that we are social, uh, we, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And of course, you can always find us at seedcorn.com. Thanks for joining us today.